Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Nothing To Be With You podcast with me, your host, Claude Ryan. Oh, God, it feels so unbelievable to say that. Finally, my first episode. I, I just can't believe it. I'm so excited. Um, look, I'm nervous. I'm happy. I'm anxious. I pretty much have all the feels. And um, look, <laughs> here it is. It's the first one. Welcome, dear listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Nothing To Be With You podcast. This is a space to give those whispers a voice, mention the unmentionables, and bring all things inward outwards. Yeah, so here it is at last. I've wanted to do this for so, so long now, but I guess timing really is everything. And look, late last year, I decided enough talk and clothes. It's time to take action and finally take the plunge and now here I am. So this episode is going to be a little introduction into why the podcast, what it's all about and also an introduction into me and of course my background as well. Um, I've always been fascinated by subjects that are awkward, uncomfortable, classed as taboo, you know the one that is kind of like whispered um in fact I used to nearly want those subjects brought up especially in school you know challenge the 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 unspoken and have that brought out and I guess I always wondered why does society deem x acceptable to be discussed but why not to be and I mean that in a very general sense of the word as well I mean it doesn't have to be these massive controversial subjects but there's so much out there that we are just not fucking comfortable talking about. Who decides what we get to feel comfortable enough to talk about and what not? What makes us feel that, hey, shit, I better not talk about this? And I guess through my own journey, especially the last number of years, this curiosity just really grew in me more and more because, you know, looking back on my own life, Anytime I try to hide or stifle a, a worry, an uncomfortable feeling or an emotion, the more of a negative impact it had on me. And I suppose even though I didn't really realize it at the time, it had a detrimental effect on me. So I am fascinated by that. And also with that, I'm so fascinated with how the persona I projected outwardly, especially through my 20s, um, was just so different to how I really felt inwardly. And I often wonder what type of person that portrayed me to be to the outside or to, to the public, because I know I would have seemed quite cocky, quite self-assured, I suppose a bit of a wild child and a party animal, but internally, I was completely the opposite. So I guess I'm a perfect example of what you see is not always the real deal, especially if you're trying to mask something and mask something that is uncomfortable or that you feel ashamed of. So yeah, this, this podcast is definitely going to be something a lot of people, I hope, will relate to. And instead of trying to hide that 
taboo subject, that uncomfortable subject, this show will be a platform to not only highlight it, but to celebrate it also. And that's what I'm really looking forward to. And to be honest, why I really feel so passionate about this. So the way the show is going to run each week, we will have a taboo subject discussed. Some will be lighthearted, where we can share a laugh. And yeah, some will be tough and raw and may cause us to shed a tear or sit back and have a think. And I really feel both will be of equal importance because we need that balance of the funny, awkward shit in life, along with the really hard stuff too, because that's what real life is. That is our world. That is what we live in. The series will include a lot of topics um, from men's health, women's health, mental health and well-being, sexuality, religion, a lot of taboo topics like that, woke generation, online dating, social media in our world today, new crazes, you know, how old is too old to stay going clubbing? (laughs) And again, lots more like that. There'll be very little that won't be discussed on here. We'll put it like that. And throughout the series, I'll be joined by guests for what what I'm going to be calling What's Taboo With You? And that's where the guest will come on and discuss a taboo subject with them. Again, like I said, some will be lighthearted. Some will be that little bit maybe more hard-hitting. But again, like I said, both of equal importance. I will have some experts on from time to time on certain topics and also I'll have some real people sharing their very real and honest stories with me. So I'm so excited about that and I'm I really hope you all are going to come on this journey with me and enjoy every second of it with me. So for now I'm just going to take a little bit of time for you all to get to know me a little bit better. So as I said my name is Cloda or Clo as most people call me. I'm 38 years of age. I'm from Tipperary. I'm a sales professional working in insurance. I'm a wife to a super patient husband. I'm a bonus mum to an incredible 16-year-old boy. And I'm a doggy mum to two of the most amazing doggos in the world, Nala and Simba, <laughs> who I'm sure you will hear a lot more of unnecessarily as we go on anyway through the through the show. Oh, and I also live with generalized anxiety disorder which has caused me to suffer from some pretty severe panic attacks through the last number of years yeah so out of all that information what stood out the most guys was it the fact that I'm a wife my age I work in sales I have dogs or was it the panic attacks probably was the last one So I guess to understand a bit more about that, I'm going to take you all back to when I was 22. I was living my best life. I had finished college. I had started out on my career in sales. I had a super job. I was young, free and single. I worked hard and I partied harder until one fateful Friday night. Oh, the dramatics of it all. It sounds so dramatic, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, I was living in Ennis. I was working there. I had a great job in sales there. I had a great bunch of friends. 
I lived for the weekends. I had a super, super social life. I loved going on holidays abroad with my friends, weekends away, nights out, dinners out, good car, money wasn't a worry. I was literally living my best life. And one Friday night, I was driving back home to Thurlis, a night like pretty much any other Friday night. I had my routine down. I would get back to Thurlis and about seven o'clock on a Friday evening, have a power nap for 20 minutes back in my mum's house in my old room. Then that'd be me up, showered out, and that would be my weekend out for the whole weekend and fall back into bed at three o'clock on the Sunday morning to get up again, drive back to Ennis and repeat it all again. And yeah, it was great. Uh, some of the best times of my life, uh, for sure. That Friday night was actually in January, no different to any other Friday night I was driving home. And back then there wasn't a motorway, you used to have to take the old road um, from Ennis to Killaloo. And along that road for a time, you would be driving alongside Loch Derg. Most beautiful scenery, uh, especially in the summertime, I used to just love driving past it, it was so peaceful. I mean, I loved driving, I, I did a lot of driving for my job. And, you know, I know there was times where one day I could be in Galway, the next day I could be in Waterford. I, I really loved my job and I loved driving. I loved my independence. That particular night, though, it all changed. I was somewhere between Scariff and Killaloo driving along when all of a sudden this unbelievable sensation came over me that my heart started racing. It started pumping. I thought it was going to bust out of my chest and I started getting short of breath. I started feeling tingling sensations in my arms. I felt like I was going to stop breathing. I had this pain in my chest. I felt like someone was sitting on my chest. It, the, I just will never be able to describe how intense this sensation was. I pulled in and... I rang my dad, who was still working at the time in Thurless, and I rang him and I said, Daddy, there's something really wrong with me. I don't know what's going on. And he was like, what's going on, Chloe? What's happening? And I said, Daddy, I think I'm having a heart attack. I have pains in my chest. I have pains in my arms. I was panicking. I was freaking the fuck out. So Dad said, listen, stay where you are. I'm jumping in the car. I'm coming for you. <sighs> that all sounded great, but... For some reason, I was like, I am not dying here on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, somewhere between Scariff and Killaloo, beside Loch Dark to be, I, I can't have my dad find me here. And I just had this overpowering sensation to stay driving. And that is exactly what I did. I don't know how I did, to be straight up with you guys. The surge of adrenaline, fear, panic, pain frightfulness you name it I had it all in that car and look I mean looking back I should not have been driving but I did and I stayed driving and if anyone is familiar with Killaloo especially back then Killaloo Ballina on a Friday night or a Monday morning was as bad as any city in the peak of congestion the traffic was always at a standstill because of the one way um, crossing across the bridge and I remember getting to the bridge side, um, the Killaloo side of the bridge and the traffic being stuck. 
And oh my God, the urgency that was just in me for the traffic to just move. I didn't know whether I wanted to crawl out of my own skin. I didn't know if I wanted to jump out of the car and start screaming help. I I just wanted to drive straight through every car and just get over that fucking bridge. I thought I would never get over it. I honestly don't know how I got through it, but I did. <laughs> and I got over that bridge and I continued along my journey. I rang my dad and I said, listen, dad, I'm still driving. I, I had to stay going. And he stayed on the phone with me. And I know we met somewhere on the outskirts of Nina. And I abandoned the car in up against, I think, some old pub or something and got into the car with daddy. And by then, the sensation of the the chest had subsided the chest exploding or like I, I was going to pass out that feeling had subsided but oh my gosh was I rattled I was rattled bad dad couldn't figure it out I couldn't figure it out I couldn't explain it all I know is I got back to my mum's house and if I didn't have one drink that night I definitely had five I was shook the rest of it is a bit of a blur to me to be honest I know I woke up the next day and I had that sensation again. It wasn't as intense as it had been in that car. But I knew I wasn't going to be getting into that car that day or any day soon. I was rattled. So an appointment was arranged for me with the doctor. I went into the GP and he checked my vitals, you know, checked my bloods, my blood pressure, all the usual bits and bobs. And of course, everything was perfect. He said, look, it could be you might be burning the candle at both ends. You could be a little bit stressed out because it sounds like you've had a panic attack. Panic attack. Panic attack. What the fuck is that? Attack. Like the only attack I knew was asthma attack. Heart attack. What was a panic attack? And he explained to me it was where your brain can convince your body that it's in trouble and you go into this kind of fight or flight mode and you can convince yourself that you're dying. And I was like, oh, hold on now a second. I'm not fucking mad. I not. That doesn't sound right. I was just in complete denial. I'd never heard of one. Certainly didn't know anyone with them. Didn't know anyone talking about them. I remember he gave me tablets and was like, oh, if you feel it again, take this. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I knew walking out and getting that prescription, I knew I wasn't going to take those tablets because I was a wuss when it came to tablets. A complete wuss. I had never taken drugs, you know, um, throughout my teens. I'd, of course, I tried a joint, like, but I'd never touched ecstasy or cocaine or speed or anything like that I was just too afraid of them my my drug of choice was drink so I didn't like the idea of whatever he had given me um affecting me or or changing me so uh, look whatever that batch was I didn't take it needless to say that unfortunately was uh, I look I say it now I don't say it now but at that time I used to say it was when I lost myself and was the demise of me. I gave up the job in Ennis. I moved back home to my mum's. I found that I was getting these panicky feelings a lot. 
I didn't explain it to anyone. I didn't want to talk about it. I thought I was a freak. I thought that I was just wired wrong, that something had happened. And don't know what the trigger was, but something had happened that night and it had just changed me forever. But there was one good thing, alcohol, parties, nights out, clubbing. Because Clodagh with alcohol down hadn't a care in the world. Clodagh with alcohol down did not have panic attacks. She did not have anxiety. She was the fucking belle of the ball. And she was her confident self. There was no fears. There was no worries. There was no problem. So I lived for the weekends. I know I got a job um, in some sort of shop doing sales in Thurless for a while. And I plodded along. Again, living for the weekend, living for the being able to get out and party. And the driving became a thing where I would only go so far. So it was like this radius. There was only X amount of miles I could go that I knew I was safe. And I I couldn't go past that. And if I went past that, I was in the danger zone. And this was a vicious circle that I lived in for, for a long time. I then, in the midst of all of this, met my now husband. And of course, I didn't tell him about this. I was like, fuck, he's he's not going to have any interest in me. He'd think I'm fucking crazy. So I kept all this from him um, and kept the outward glow going. You know, the party animal, carefree, didn't give a shit, happy out and not a care in the world. But uh, for anyone who knows what anxiety is like, you will know too well anxiety and alcohol do not mix. They just don't. Eventually, you will hit a wall. Alcohol for anxiety is a short-term fix with long-term fucking side effects, bad effects. Whatever anxiety you have before you have alcohol, you will have that multiplied by 10 the next day. So I was fooling myself looking back, but hey, I was young, I was naive, I didn't know any better. So I had to go back to my GP and I suppose reluctantly told him what was happening, what I was feeling and I was recommended antidepressants and that I had anxiety and that I should look into therapy, so arranged for therapy. And I started my therapy journey and thank God I did because that was the start of my healing and my education and bringing me to where I am today. Um, so I did the medication. I did intense counselling. I got to know myself very well. I got to know a lot of parts of me that I had, I suppose, subconsciously hidden away for many years. And I had to confront them. And it was hard. And it definitely at times was quite difficult, but I got through it and I stayed going on with life, got better job. Then I went self-employed for a while doing event management. Life was great. And, you know, I got engaged and then I swipped, swapped careers and got into insurance, <laughs> went back to college, got my letters after my name and life got busy. 
And every so often, yeah, I'd take a dip and my panic attacks might come back or my anxiety, I might get a, a, an acute rush of it or something. But I always was proactive with it, went back to the doctor, would go back to my therapist and link in and then move forward. So look, for the last couple of years, for the last number of years, um, I've coexisted with anxiety quite well. I, you know, we got married, we bought our house, uh, we had some hard times within the family, we lost some family members. My mum had a cancer battle, but look, being the rock star she is, she kicked cancer's ass. Um, my sister, who has special needs, had a couple of issues with breaks and you know her her mobility but we got through it all and I had learned that my relationship with alcohol was a fickle one and that if I ever felt anxious not to go near alcohol and yeah we coexisted just dandy for a few years and then lovely wonderful beautiful COVID-19 hit and I still remember watching the news bulletin where it had hit Ireland and these talks about a pandemic and shutdowns and lockdowns. And I remember my heart starting to thump and be in my chest. And I remember looking at my husband going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, are we going to be OK? I started having these visions of walking dead the day after tomorrow, end of days, all this kind of crazy shit in my head. Um, and I was scared, like many people were. And I was very aware that my anxiety was going or could be possibly quite bad with this. So I made a conscious decision to just say, right, Chloe, what you're going to do is you're going to avoid drink for now. And you're going to take up something new, take up a new hobby. So I bought myself a coffee machine. <laughs> I was late to the coffee party and I started drinking coffee. And of course, TikTok had kicked off as well. So I started making TikTok videos. They were great fun. I totally enjoyed them. And I did, I did all the things that I suppose I needed to do that I felt were proactive and healthy for coping with COVID. Now, of course, I was petrified of getting it. I was petrified of my family getting it. We were working from home, you know, but we made the best of it, as I'm sure so many of you out there did. And then I found not only did I cope with COVID, but I think I kind of thrived within it. And I was so proud of myself. I really was. I I felt I did so well. And I remember, you know, I I hate the fact that, you know, I don't want to be that person that all I have to look forward to in a lockdown is having a drink at home. So I said, look, we'll hold off till we have an event or a party or whatever. And in between one of the lockdown breaks, I remember we had a, a a party and we went to it. And I remember having a couple of drinks and I was kind of like, mm, yeah, they're grand. But I realized I really didn't miss it. I didn't miss it at all. Um, so look, lo and behold, I became an accidental pioneer over COVID. I didn't want to commit to it for a long time, but <laughs> I suppose it's been so long now since I've had alcohol, I may just accept it. Although sometimes I do think of a, an espresso martini and I do get nice thoughts. <laughs> but anyway, so that was that. And all was going well until March 2022 when I did, unfortunately, get COVID. Now, any of you out there who's had COVID and has had it bad, you know what I'm talking about. It's a shit show. It's horrible. You're miserable. 
it is just not a nice thing to get. You're sick, you're weak, and it does knock you off your feet. But unfortunately, not only did it knock me off my feet, but it also weared up my anxiety. For the week I had COVID, I was convinced I was going to be one of the unfortunate ones who'd get long COVID, who could possibly have an underlying condition that I didn't realise, and this could actually take me out and kill me. And my anxiety just grew and grew more and more. And I remember my husband tested positive about three, four days after me. And this sounds terrible, but I was so relieved he did because I said, thank God he has it as well now. And I can kind of watch him and, you know, he'll be getting better and I'll be getting better. Not that I was wishing it uh, on him or wishing sickness on him. But look, I'm all about being real on this. So uh, that is how I felt. And I felt at least I'm not on my own in this. And look, of course, naturally, we recovered from it and we were fine. COVID passed, the symptoms passed, but the anxiety did not pass. Um, In fact, it got a lot worse. And in the middle of all of this, I started discovering I was having issues with my female hormone health and saw that things weren't going right there. Um, 2022 was a year of me being poked and prodded and tested. Spent my first time in hospital overnight as an adult on a fucking trolley. God love anybody that has to do that because it sucks. And coupled with that, I was trying to stifle this anxiety. I was like, this is not coming back. No way. Not a fucking hope. So after a long journey of tests and whatever during the year last year, I finally got a diagnosis in August that I had endometriosis, polycystic ovary syndrome and fibroids in my room. I had actually thought I was perimenopausal um, and that was playing havoc on me of course as well. So now you had hormones in with the anxiety. So everything was just fucking gorgeous and rosy for me. So it was decided I would have surgery and I would have surgery in November and that would help with a lot of things including fertility and my mood and a lot of the physical symptoms I was having as well. So I stayed plodding along, you know, put it all on the shoulder bag, stayed going until I got a letter in October to say my surgery was being postponed due to unforeseen circumstances. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And that's what caused me to crash and burn. And when I say crash and burn, I fucking crashed. I had put all my hopes and aspirations for my anxiety, my physical health, my hormonal health. I put everything into this surgery and thinking it would just fix me of everything. And now that had been taken away from me and I crumbled. I had to take a step away from work. I took a step away from a lot of people. I retreated. I did everything that I I preach not to do. I was ashamed. I went to my GP. I went back on medication. Wasn't working. And I remember one day being out for a walk with my husband and I literally pounded on his chest, crying and screaming. And I said, please just take me somewhere. So that started my journey in November 
again, with, together with help of my amazing GP, I linked in with the psychiatric services in Clonmel Hospital, and I will never be able to thank them enough. They literally saved me. Um, I had a psychiatric assessment, and it was deemed that I had acute, severe anxiety and PTSD. It was a lot to take in. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was going to be, you know, an inpatient. Didn't know I had, as you can imagine, all sorts of visions of what that was going to be like. Uh, And wrongly, again, on my part, by the way. And again, that'll come up in another episode. But look, that I didn't need to be, um, I didn't need to be um, admitted into hospital. But a care plan was put in place with the most fantastic service where a psychiatric nurse would come and visit me in my house every day. And I think that happened for up to two weeks. And I went on medication and I started back counselling again. And it was fucking tough. There's no point in saying it was. uh, Tough is actually an understatement. I woke up every morning with my heart in my mouth. I woke up every morning bolt upright panicked. I didn't eat. I didn't eat properly for three weeks. I used to have to force feed myself crackers or bananas. I lost over a stone. The laughter was gone out of me. The light was gone out of me. I was numb. I thought, this is it. Anxiety has come back this time. And this time it has come back to take me out and finish me off. And you know what? The biggest mistake for me was that I didn't reach out sooner and I didn't talk sooner. I had thought that I was so educated and so informed with anxiety that I had cured myself of it along the journey. But that's not what it was and that's not real life. What I'd done was I'd learned to coexist with it and I went through a shit year at a shit time and I fell. And that's perfectly okay. But instead of being kind to myself, and supporting myself and doing what I needed to do. I kicked the shit out of myself about it, beat myself up, held myself to a standard that I'd never, ever in a million years dream of holding anyone close to me to. I was like, you're not allowed to feel that, Claudia. You're not allowed to feel this. You're That's not you. You shouldn't. You know this. You're too educated on this. It was fucking ridiculous. But with the help of the team, my counselling and the medication, I started to see the light again. I realized again, hey, every day is a learning day. Every day is a school day and it always will be. And I will always be a work in progress. But I learned a lot of things for me were my issues with control. Um, Anyone who knows me knows my nickname is Monica. Monica from Friends. I'm a germaphobe. I'm a control freak and I love cooking. (laughs) I'd lost all of that. That spark was gone. But... I didn't like things being out of my control and I had to learn to let go of that. Not everything is in my control or should be in my control. Another issue for me was I have a degree in ruminating and catastrophizing and fortune telling. This is another thing I had to let go of. I can't change something that hasn't happened already. And I have to just be present when I feel like that. So now for the last number of weeks, I feel so much better in myself. I'm back to work. Thank God. I'm 
treating myself like a queen when I have a bad day. I'm making sure that when I have an anxious day that I take it minute by minute, hour by hour. I do not let myself think or fortune tell. I try to hold myself that little bit tighter and just realize that I'm okay and it's okay not to always be on top of the world because you know what we never question it when we're feeling great but we kick the shit out of ourselves when we're feeling bad and you know comparing yourself to other people and I had a habit of this well so and so has it so much more worse than me but you know what it's all relative and my story is different to your story and yeah, it's been a it's been a journey for me the last few months and it's been um it's been an interesting one and one I've learned a lot from but I will not be able to thank my professional team enough for their support. My family, my husband, my friends. I have the most incredible support system and I could not be more blessed. And I'm so thankful for, for all of you. Um, and you all know who you are and you all know what you did for me. So, yeah. So, look, I said that would be my little intro into me. And, you know, for future episodes, you'll have a little bit of background on me and content, you know, as to what I'm about. Um, so that was my long-winded way of you getting to know me, guys. So... Yeah, so listen, this is the first episode. We're coming towards the end of it. I um, I still can't believe I'm in the middle of it. It's like I can't believe I'm on the first episode. <laughs> it's insane. Um, for future episodes, there's going to be segments um, on it each week towards the end of it called Taboo or Not Taboo. And that is where I'm going to give it out to you guys, the dear listeners, um, a topic. Sometimes lighthearted, sometimes serious. And I'll want your opinions on whether you deem it taboo or not taboo and to give me um, your stories about it. I'll also be doing polls on social media. You can follow me on the Nothing Taboo With You podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. And you can also get in contact by email at nothingtabooWithYou at gmail.com. So basically, that's me and that's it in a nutshell. Um, for this episode, if there is something you'd like to hear discussed and have me discuss on your behalf for future episodes, please do get in touch because I am pre-recording the first couple of episodes, but to have that content for going forward is going to be so important to this show. I got the chance to share my story here tonight and that is why I've created this. So your voice, your story will be told too. And like I said, give those whispers a voice. So yeah, so that's the first episode done. I really hope you guys enjoyed it and found something relatable here tonight. And if you did, brilliant. If you didn't, maybe you're a little bit more educated, certainly maybe on anxiety from my story tonight. And that's me done for this week. I can't wait to have you all join me again same time next week. And yeah, go enjoy your week. Be kind, be weird, be you. Take care.